Welcome to the Grazing Podcast for Robertson Sheetham Farmers Co-op. My name is Clint, and I will be your host as we record live from our beautiful Springfield, Tennessee location inside our podcast studio. Robertson Cheatham is a member-owned farm supply cooperative. You can learn more about us on our website, yourfarmerscoop.com, in addition to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Hello and welcome back to a grazing podcast for the Robertson Cheatham Farmers Cooperative. It is the last Monday in January, the 30th. Like, is that 30? 30 days in January or 31 days in January? I think it's 31. Okay. Okay. This is the last last Monday, anyway, in January. So we appreciate you joining us. Uh, This is going to be a very special episode today, especially if you enjoy history, old historic things, and uh, especially if you enjoy old historic things pertaining to the co-op, because our guest today is going to enlighten us in a little bit of history. because this year, co-op, we are celebrating 75 years of being in business. And uh, who better to have on than longtime employee Christy Hunter? Hello, Christy. <laughs> hey, Clint. Christy, I appreciate you. Oh, wait, this is your second time doing this, isn't it? It is. Okay, so you're a pro at it at this point. I don't know about that. Do you say, when you say the day of the week, Monday, how do you say it? Monday. So you... You Tuesday, add Wednesday. Some people, I was thinking about this. Mo- I said Monday. The, the the day on the end is it's not a day, it's a D. Yeah. Do you add the D? You say, do you pronounce the day or do you say D? I pretty much say D too, yeah. I think. I think that's a. Monday. Yeah, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. My, how do you spell that? M O N D D D E E? D D double E is how I think about it. My wife, she says day, but you know she's from up, she's from up north. It's more proper than we yes, are down here. Yes, yes, more, uh, more. Uh, what's that word? Um, scholarly about it, I guess. Anyway, no, I'm just just joking around. <laughs> she listens to this, but uh, you know, Christy, I was thinking about it. Your your role here at Co-op. How many years have you been here now? I've been here over twenty three. Over twenty three. When you come into my mind. As far as co-op and, and the work that you do here, I I had a kind of a correlation in my mind of how what to compare you to. You know, I don't know the there's probably prison slang for it, but I don't <laughs> know what it is. But like in movies, you know, and there's there's people in prison that are really resourceful. Like if um, if you need something from the outside, like some kind yeah. of dope or cigarettes or something you can't get in there, there's a resourceful person that you can count on. And I tried to look up like the slang for whatever they call that person. I couldn't find anything. But Christy, that's what you remind me of as far as here at co-op. You are that resourceful person that can get anything that anybody needs, it seems like. Well, thank you, Clint. Is that a, is that a compliment or is that like a I, backhanded compliment? or? No, I what, would consider that a compliment. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think about it. Anytime I've ever needed anything, I'm thinking, Christy's going to find a way to get it. Well, that's a good, that's a compliment Yeah, me. yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, just, uh, you know, co- co- contrasting that with a person in prison. If you ever went to prison, I think you could take that <laughs> ability with you and do great there, too. I hope too. I don't ever get to that Hopefully point, not. Clint. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not, but uh, so Christy, you know, we we wanted to have you on today to talk about some of the history, especially because it's been seventy five years, which is a pretty amazing thing. I mean, a lot of businesses do not make it seventy five years, but here we are. So it's twenty twenty three. What what year would that have been when we opened up with that? Nineteen forty eight. Forty eight. Okay, that's. I don't think they physically had a store in 48. I think that's kind of whenever the planning stages began. Okay. Um, according to Rex Kimbrough, he had told us before he passed away that the co-op, whenever it got started, whenever there was a group of people that seen the need, you know, mm-hmm. to get to get it started, they had actually met in a small room in the Robertson County Courthouse. Mm. And, I mean, that's also where the Farm Bureau was meeting at mm-hmm. the time, too. So um, they actually did not have a, a location or a building until 
May 1st of 1950. Okay, so it, it took a couple of years to get everything in place and then get a, a brick-and-mortar building <laughs> right. to, for customers to, to come to. Right. So 1950. And okay. that's, that's when they acquired the building. At the time, it was called Springfield Warehousing Company. It was at 1006 Main Street, which is a gravel lot now, mm. right beside BS Brew Works across the road from the Depot restaurant. It had to be, they needed a location close to the railroad track because yeah. that's how their transportation mode was back then. Mm -hmm. That was very important to to getting their supplies. Okay, so geographically, I'm thinking about this. I, 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 I can see in my mind... The, the train tracks, BS Brewery right there, the depot across the street. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if my back is to the depot and I'm looking at BS Brewery, was was this building on the right or the left or, or behind? It was on the left. Okay. Of BS Brew Works, it's actually BS Brew Works parking lot. Oh, okay. It's, it's in between. It was in between the railroad track and the building where BS Brew okay. Works is. And I want to say we've got some old pictures around here somewhere of that we actual do. building. I we think do. I've seen it before. So in 1950, that was the original location of the co-op. Yes. Okay. Do, we were, do we know how many years we were at that Main Street location before we moved to 4000 Memorial? They started building the 4000 Memorial location in 1960 and they moved over there from what we found you know when we were moving over here we found all kinds of information but mm -hmm. <clears throat> i think the actual grand opening was in december of 1960. okay so roughly 10 years 10 years and i of course i, I don't know if lanny still i remember lanny's old office at the old place he had a there was an aerial shot of them constructing the the second location the last one we moved right. from and uh, of course it's an old black and white picture and yep. that was before highway 41 was a four lane yes obviously uh it was just a, a two-lane road back then right and it's just it's fascinating to look at that picture I, anytime i'd cut through there i'd always stop and, and look at it and, and study it and it's just um it's amazing because that hadn't it seems like it's been a long time ago, but in the grand scheme of time, it, it hadn't been that long ago, right. really. Um, so we were, the original location, right there on Main Street, uh, in the vicinity of BS Brewery, we were there 10 years, and then 1960, moved to 4000 Memorial. And then we moved up here. Was that 20? It was 2019. Okay. Our first full day here was December 18th. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Has yep. it been that long already? It has. It's Not... hard to, which, I mean, you got to figure 2020 was when COVID hit bad. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, it's kind of like everybody's lost a year there because right. they couldn't really do the things. I mean, that was a really good year for us mm -hmm. because people were at home. They were trying to do gardens and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, grow their own food because food food sources inside the grocery stores, they were limited in a lot, which was actually good for some of our customers that mm -hmm. have these farm stores that sell their, their produce and meat. Mm -hmm. And whatnot. It was it was a um, a productive year for for places like us that have that can provide the public with these products for them to start their own food source. For sure. Let's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a mental note of that because I want to I want to circle back around to that. But okay. if I forget, maybe between two of us, one <laughs> of us will remember that. Because that's that's an interesting thought I want to touch back on. So, so sixty to two thousand eighteen. So that is. 19, 2019. 2019. Mm -hmm. So that was, what, 60? I was terrible. I cannot no, do math in my 50, head. 58 years. Is that right? I think that sounds years. right. Just shy of 60 years. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been about 59 years. So the, the majority of the, um, the, the, the co-op's life was spent at that, that old building. Of course, that's where you started out at. Right. And... Uh, that that was always my memories as a kid, going up there. Yeah, it, it, it mine didn't. mine as well. 
I remember I remember when 41 was a two-lane, you know, going through there. Do you? And there was actually parking spots in front of where the big windows were. Yep. And then whenever they went through and they made that a four-lane, they had to had to kind of ne- not necessarily board it up, but they mm-hmm. they put metal mm-hmm. tin, you know, yep. across those windows to keep rocks, I guess, and everything. Oh, for, yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know that for the longest time that those were front windows mm-hmm. right there in the front of the store. Yeah. It never dawned on me. Then it may have been you that told me that. And uh yeah, there's all kinds of little historical Easter eggs like that around that you just you just it don't is. know about, you know, that are that are pretty fascinating, I think. Um so we moved up here December of, of twenty eighteen. Nineteen. Why do I keep thinking eighteen? <laughs> nineteen. Nineteen, okay. Um so Christy, you've been here you said twenty twenty three 23 years. Yep. From the time you started, have you witnessed an evolution of what the customer base has been 23 years ago compared to now, or has it kind of stayed the same, or what's that been like? It's changed in some aspects. Um, it seems like farming itself, of course, you know, it's changed over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. For sure, mm-hmm. I mean it's you got more precision ag, more technology, and everything. It's come a long way in the last since I've been here, twenty three mm-hmm. years. Now you know everybody walks around and they have a cell phone that pretty much has a has internet access. Yeah, you know, and that's it's not necessarily a challenge for us, but it it kind of is a challenge for us in that people have everything at their fingertips, mm-hmm. and our our biggest thing has always been customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not anything that we sell, you know, other than customer service mm-hmm. that they can't get somewhere else. Right. But people seem like they've always gravitated to co-op because obviously they can get the product they need, but they can also get a tutorial and advice on how to apply that product and when to apply it because the people that work here generally have some sort of ag hands-on experience right more so than when you go to another farm store uh a lot of times they can sell you the product but they can't give you experience on how to use it like the co-op can which kind of sets us apart like you said having these tablets and phones right it's easy to look up any information that that you want to on those things yeah and you know you look at how how big robertson county has grown over Mm -hmm. the last few years you know, just just in the time that I've been working here, mm-hmm. and people are moving in from California or wherever, mm-hmm. and of course our climate's going to be different. So they they're not sure about what to do as far as grass, or they they come in thinking that they want to do one thing, and then we tell them or try to explain to them right. why it's not necessarily going to be a good idea for mm-hmm. around here. And usually we can convince them, and sometimes they go on and try it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the the uh, the growing zones and the days and the seasons are much much different compared to the West Coast. Oh from, yes, from, from right here. <laughs> Do you are you seeing more people now than because I think used to even ten years ago, you had your regular customers come in, and I'm sure we still we still do. We still have regulars. But are you seeing an influx of customers now that you've never seen before, never met, or is it still mostly just regular, regular people coming in? Well, we don't have as many walk-ins, <clears throat> excuse me, as we did out at the other location because we're kind of out on the outskirts of town sure. and not up on the main highway where we can be seen as well. Mm-hmm. But going back to the internet people get on the internet and look for what they think that they want and that i think they have they find us that way mm-hmm. as far as walk-ins off the street you know it's not somebody just driving down the highway usually yeah. and saying well there's the co-op let me stop there and see what they have it has to be it's more of a deliberate intentional yes. thing they've looked us up or they've found directions on how to get here and they're coming right. here for a purpose and Instead of just mainly, well, there's a co-op. I had a curiosity. I'm going to stop in there and see what they have. Right. And that, is, that was a big thing, you know, when we moved. There was a lot of people, even though we had signs, you know, on mm-hmm. the windows and up on the marquee and everything before we moved, before we got ready to move. Mm-hmm. 
there was a lot of people that thought that we just went out of business. <laughs> the co-op just closed, you know. And then we're still having people that'll come in and say, "Well, we just, we just thought you closed. We didn't know that you moved. We just we just found out it's first first time here." And you know, we've been here for three years already. So yeah, that, well, that location, you know, being there for so long, it was just. Uh, it was a staple. Yes, yes, it landmark. Was. Yes, it absolutely was because that was, uh, you know, going south on forty one. Uh, as you're exiting uh, town, it and Rods, that was, those are the last two businesses. Right. On the left. Obviously, when you're coming into town, it's one of the first things you see right. out there. So, yeah, it was a, a, a big adjustment for, for yes. including myself. Yes, you know? it was. Um, yeah, you're on that side of town. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But, you know, up here, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful building up here. And, um, you know, it's number three, number three on location. I think this is the best one yet. You know, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people, Christy, don't realize, including myself, that uh, the evolution that there there has been an evolution of, of co-op since inception of um, services and products sold. You know, mostly now we're known for feed, seed, and fertilizer, and obviously in the showroom out there we have. All kinds of you know, homeowner products. Right. If, if you have certain, you know, spider, <clears throat> spider killer and mold stuff to kill moles, and the, you know anything you need for your home is 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 here. Right. Um, but I was thinking back in the past of of some of the things that co-op has dabbled in, and I don't know if this. I know some of this was probably during your time, but some others were probably probably before you. But co-op, we used to have a car care center. Yes. That was where now, of course, it's, now it's a uh, outlaw diesel. I think is there, but it's yes. the old rides, right? But originally, that belonged to co-op. Yes, and uh, I mean, it was it was a car. Ca- you could go in, you could pull your car in there, have the oil changed, and uh, rotate your tires or buy it, tires, buy tires. Yep, um, which is a, a fascinating thing. I didn't realize that, but now, of course, it makes sense because that's. Geographically, it's right beside the old location. Right. And I think, as a matter of fact, uh, did we used to sell tractors there at one point? We They did have tractors. I think that was in the <clears throat> 90s. That was, of course, you know, before my time of working here. Um, it may have even started out in the 80s and kind of carried on through the 90s. Because Lanny... Ran the place for a while, I yep. think is what I've, I've yep. heard him say before. I mean, we sold, we've sold fuel... There was mm. fuel. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that. I know whenever I was growing up, it Were was the over. Pumps? Yes, it was. Whenever you was looking at the front of the main store building over there at Four Thousand Memorial, mm-hmm. the pumps were on the right of the showroom area, where you and I knew the um, the unloading docks, our truck docks. Yes. You know, whenever our our semis yes. would come in, they would. That's where our unload dock was. That parking lot there was where the fuel pumps no were. No kidding. I know. I was <clears> not aware of that. And of course, you know, Baggett's grain, the grain elevator down there, that was part of Co-op yes. as well. Yes. I think they sold that. It was in the late '90s for sure. I was thinking it was '98, but that would have been. I started in '99, so it was before my time. When they sold that to Baggett. Yes. So all that property around there belonged to co-op. And, I, you know, that's a place where the local farmers, they could bring their corn or soybeans. Right. Haul it in right there. And in all honesty, whenever, you, whenever you're looking at that old building over there, the, the right side of that building where it had the taller roof, that was what was called the seed house. Mm-hmm. And the scale house is right there on yep. the very end now and i mean it was whenever i was there there were also some grain bins there mm-hmm. but they they got dismantled you know before we left yep. and sold and um actually whenever i started working there in 99 the seed house was still operational we mm-hmm. would go up to the elevator and get corn mm-hmm. bring it up there clean it bag it and sell it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I think it was sometime in probably about 2001 or two, we started having issues with our bagging system. And it was going to cost us more to 
to replace it or fix it. Mm-hmm. And it was already getting to the point to where we were having labor issues, mm-hmm. not finding anybody that, that would actually be back there and running all that dust and whatnot. That was, from what I was told, it was a, it was, it was a dirty job. It was a very dirty job. And there was a pit back in there oh, where you yes. have to get down and, and scoop it Nasty out. Nasty whenever it started, whenever it rained a yeah. lot. Yeah, all that stuff would get yeah. wet. Adam Tab. <laughs> Did you know him? I, I, well, I knew his brother. Uh, Kyle. Kyle Tab. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. I know Kyle. Now, somebody, I was, before we left, uh, we, we, we converted, if that's the right word, the seed treating room to a seed treating room. Yes. Where we treated seed for, I don't know, three, four years. We don't do that now. But we had all that equipment in there to, to, to treat seed, um, to apply the fungicide. And let's see, it was a fungicide and insecticide, I believe, where yeah. you would, it would coat the soybeans or the wheat seed. And uh, I had a, a, a clipboard out there that I'd you know, write stuff on. And Adam's name was wrote on the clipboard. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, this, is, this is cool. This is kind of like a historical clipboard, yeah. you know, going from the, the seed cleaning to the seed treating. Um, but, but, but yeah, we've, we've dabbled in a lot of things we have. as a company. And of course now, you know, the, the transition we're mosquito spraying right now, you know, I mean, we've right. done a, just a lot of, of niche things that, that are pretty cool. That is, uh, very particular to, to our business here. Yeah. Um, that, that has done well. Um, also we used to sell pumpkins. Is that right? Did we, did we carry Bulk pumpkins, kind of like uh, uh, Kroger or Walmart does now? I think there was one or two years there that we had pumpkins. But that, they, it, it didn't last long. I don't, I don't think. I think that was kind of like a, of course, it would be a seasonal thing. Sure. But I think that was kind of like an add-on deal, you know, where, where they were selling straw and everything down I at see. the, that was at the fertilizer location yep. at the other place. Which is where where they often you know loaded out the hay and straw and mm. sold it from down there. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember my first day. We when sold I, sold mums. I vaguely remember the mums too. Yes, and also I'm sure you remember this. We carry those little uh, utility barns yes. down there. Yep. Uh, that you see now. That's. I specifically remember driving by and looking over and seeing all those things, and I w- and I'm thinking, you know, nowadays this was before we left, you know, all the equipment and whatnot, the activity that goes on down here. I'm thinking we would never, that wouldn't be feasible now, right? Uh, with with the fertilizer part of it, but I specifically remember driving by and seeing those little barns down there. And uh, did we? I mean, was that a was that a successful thing I, that, that you recall? Did we sell a lot of those? It was. It was in the beginning, the first few years, I think, you know, and it was one of those things that we didn't necessarily have to keep inventory for. So it was beneficial to us because we had a lot there that wasn't being used for Mm -hmm. anything at that time. And, you know, as our fleet got bigger, we needed the space more for parking trucks and trailers and equipment and whatnot. So we ended up getting out of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, everywhere. I mean, you see those little buildings everywhere. I can't remember exactly. I think they got some kind of a commission per building ah, that they sold, and we didn't have to handle. All we had to do was handle the paperwork. Mm. I see. That makes sense. Well, and, and also, Christina, you may have remembered this when when you were younger. I was told that you know, this probably would have been my, this would have been when my dad was a little boy and used to come up there. Uh, co-op. And again, this is this is a long time ago. This is before laws and certain regulations. But used to, you could go in there and and buy dynamite. Sticks really? Dy- yes, yes. He <laughs> sweared by it. And of course, that was this would have been in the uh, late '50s, '60s, sometime in there. Way before our time. Yes, yes. I mean, you can imagine now, you know. But you could buy dynamite. Uh, you could buy guns up there. Yeah. Now, rifles, shotguns, that kind of thing ammunition one of my favorite parts about going when i was a little boy coming to co-op we used to have the um we used to carry toys in there toy tractor yeah and, com, and i would love going back there and, and looking at that that and then going sneaking out into the uh, warehouse and climbing <laughs> on the bags of feed on the pallets you know 
I can't imagine you doing all that. Well, well, they seemed like mountains when you were a little kid. You know, right. it seemed like they were 100 feet tall. It was so yep. fun to climb on them. Now, Lanny told a story about you whenever you was a little fella. About the cattle prod yes, story? Yes, and your grandmother, and you was fixing to light her up. <laughs> of course, I have, I have no memory of that. But <laughs> thinking about I can imagine... Uh, the little Clint doing that. Well, though. thinking about her and her reaction to that, it just because it, she was a very uh, you know prim and, and yes, proper and put definitely. together lady. <laughs> just having that that moment of a visceral reaction to me coming up with a, a cattle prod behind her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, it cracks me up when Lanny tells that story. But uh, yeah, it um, you know that that place had a lot of history and a lot of a lot of great memories. Yes, it did. Uh, it did. Do you ever think about it now, or are you just? You, you, you've transitioned into this. I think about it whenever I'm driving home every day because yeah. it takes me longer to get home. Yes. <laughs> well, when I need to come up here and get mental or whatever, I'm thinking, wow, I got a little bit further of a trip now. But uh, but I like I like it out oh, here. Yeah. It is a whole lot quieter. It's nicer for sure. When I think back about being out there in the way, of course, in the summertime with the doors open, that traffic on high is loud. It you is. Know? And when it I, is. When we first moved out here, I'm like, wow, this is – it's much different. Super quiet. Compared to the noise level, yep. it's so quiet out here. Unless they're moving fertilizer, and then it's you it's, got your trucks yes, going through. And, yeah, yeah, but, but it is still nicer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's very peaceful out here. Um, so, Christy, 75 years, we introduced some, uh, some, some new license plates, which we carry these license plates, which kind of a niche thing. It's got a picture of a tobacco leaf on right. it. And, you know, the Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op, and those have been a hit. I, I see just about every time I'm out, I will pass a vehicle that that has one, you know, attached to the front. Right. Of it. And some of these are probably people that I don't even know if they've ever been here or seen a, a field of tobacco up close. You're I, but right. It's, it's still it's still neat that they um, you know support. I see our license plates everywhere. Everywhere. And you know, if I'm if I'm just you know my morning drive to work is probably about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, just in the few miles that I come from my house to here, mm -hmm. I can I can usually see four or five yep. that's not the same vehicles yes. every morning. Yep. You know, you, I, I, if you drive, drive around the county and you will see, yes. you'll see a handful at yes. least if you're paying attention. Yes, if you're paying attention. I, I see, every time I'm out, I think I pass at least one, it seems like. Yep. But those have been a great hit as well as the... Uh, the hats that we the, they, we used to carry these old school co-op hats with the tobacco leaf on it, and it said uh, "Home of the, the World's Finest Dark Fire Tobacco." Right. Proudly serving yes. the growers of the world's finest tobacco. My dad he had an original one from way back when, whenever we made those hats, and then there was a transition period where you couldn't get them. Right. And then in 2020, we we brought them back. Now was that. Was that your idea? I know a lot of these projects, you kind of head these up. Yeah, and then over the years, we've kind of had a couple of different designs of those caps. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest one was, I think, Mr. X, Kimbrough, mm -hmm. and his daughter, Miss Vicki Pritchett, mm -hmm. I think, worked hand-in-hand, hand, you know, trying to get that with uh, Susan Murphy. Okay. Trying, trying to get those going back in the 90s, mm -hmm. I think, and that... That's not, don't quote me on the 90s part, but that, I think, is when those caps started showing up. Mr. Kimbrough, he he brought them in when he was... He was the general, general manager. manager yeah. Okay. And, it, you know, it's interesting because this this area of geographically where we're located, that's what we're known for. Right. Is the tobacco. And that's production. one thing we've probably... I mean, it's not necessarily... We're still known for it. It's not changed completely over the years, mm -hmm. but that's one of the crops that's... It's not as much grown as it was no. whenever I started here. South of Springfield, I don't think there's any being grown anymore. I think UT, mm -hmm. as far as uh, the southernmost part of the county, I, I guess it would be them. The last guy I, I knew that grew it, uh, Lanny Morris, who retired from the um, Farm Service Agency down here, he grew a few acres down uh, around the, the – Davidson County line down there, but I think I don't think he's growing any anymore. Yeah. So you know, Greenbrier, Ridge Top, we're used to. 
every family had a small crop of tobacco. Yeah, and then sometime in the early 2000s, I think, was whenever the tobacco buyout. Yep. I mean, most people around here had what they called a tobacco base, mm-hmm. where you could grow a certain number of acres or produce a certain number of pounds, depending on what variety you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I remember my grandparents had, had a little bit of a tobacco base mm-hmm. because they grew they grew before I come along. And then by the time I'd come along, I got lucky and did not have to work in that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it wouldn't have bothered me. I don't think I did work in it a little bit whenever I was in high school at the experiment station. But as far as as having a whole lot, I was not. I was one of the lucky ones that didn't have to do it with the whole time I was growing up. Uh, Christy, I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's former farmers out there that miss it, but I've, I've never met one that says, man, I miss raising the back, <laughs> you know, because obviously I think they miss the money, but sure, they, oh, yes. <laughs> well, and, and there is a lot of pride in it right? For, for certain, but if you've never done it, it is, it's a very primitive act of the, the harvest of the, of the crop itself. Yes. Um, to the point of by the time it's it's sent to these companies for for final rendering into cigarettes, chewing tobacco, cigarettes, right. whatever it's going to be, um, and it's it's a specialty, especially with the the dark fire. You know, when you put it in the barn and, and use the act of firing the barn right. to cure the product. You know, it's smoking it out. Oh, it's it's a truly amazing thing. But I'm like you. I worked in it. I'm consider myself fortunate. I'm, I'm glad I got to experience it. But by gosh, I don't want. I don't yeah, want to raise any no, myself. No, it's not something I would want to do for no, a living. No, no. I mean, it's it's been said, you know, the farmer is one of the biggest gamblers there is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, for you to go through and go through the process of setting, and of course, you know, whenever I was growing up and probably whenever you were young, they didn't have float beds. They had plant beds. Mm-hmm. And they would gas these beds and, you know, you would go and pull your plants whenever you got ready to mm-hmm. set your tobacco you go and pull your plants, you know, that morning and then go sit. Yep. And, I mean, it was it was hard work and really labor-intensive. And then I guess it got to the point to where labor was harder to find. And yes. then H-2A workers, migrant workers yep. became a, a big thing, you know. Used to, and I'm sure your, your grandparents, they did, you they'd go into town and you find a crew and they come right. out and, hey, and that was that was it. You know, right. That's where you got your help from if you didn't have enough family to help Yeah, you. and I think there was a lot a lot of farms that helped each other. Yeah. You know, to where, yes. you know, if if they had a big family and you had a big family, you know, y'all just helped each other yep. and helped get, get it housed and everything. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for these guys that – You'll go through that whole process and then get it in the barn and then you're firing it and then the barn burns down. You know, oh. you can, I can't imagine, you know, going through all that work. Because it happens. And then losing it. Oh, it's sickening. And, you know, you'll hear, you're, you'll hear of one or two a year, if not more. I know it. You know. I know it. And that's always so sad. I know. It's, it's just sickening, especially since you and I, we've experienced what, what goes into it, to have it literally disappear right and go away right. in an instant it's just oh it's it's horrifying to to think about um but that is kind of what we're known for that's our our staple of uh, of the county around here and our, our products that that you have had a big hand in bringing back and putting out there they've had a lot of success like these hats since they were brought back in 2020 2020 we're selling how many did you say a year, roughly? About 500 a year. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of caps. And not only are we selling them here, I'm pretty sure we're shipping them out to other states oh, yeah. as They're, well. They are available online on our website. And, I mean, we've sent them. We sent them anywhere from Florida to Washington State. I mean, they are all over New York, New Jersey, <laughs> everywhere. What do you think that? Do you think that's people that used to live here and they moved off? Or what? I think a lot of them are. You know, they were, they were either here or had some kind of connection to, you know, Robertson County or Cheatham County, mm-hmm. Tennessee, you know, and they want a little bit of that heritage. Yeah. I mean, it's not something, of course, it's not... I think ad- advertising like tobacco products or alcohol project products right. is a little bit different these days than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. But it's not necessarily advertising cigarettes right. or or snuff or anything. It's it's advertising the actual crop. Yes. 
and and with that the the culture and that the surrounds support, the crop right the support of of those farmers to the co-op over the years and it's it's kind of nostalgic oh yeah well it's it's pretty neat to think about somebody in, in New York walking around with one of those hats on it is you know because you know it is. That people would stop them and ask him, you know, what's right. what is? Tell me that story about that hat. But you know, back whenever I started working here, we our tobacco pegs actually were card, called garden dibbles, <laughs> and we ordered them from New Jersey. No kidding. And the last time, the last year that we were able to get them, I want to say that they retailed for fifty dollars a piece. We always sold. Several of them mm-hmm. every year. I mean, even even at fifty bucks a piece. And they came but they were wooden handled, and they had this point kind of on the end of it mm-hmm. that you would stick in the ground. You know, whenever the ground was too wet, yeah. Or or somebody would walk behind the setter, you know, and whenever there was a plant mist, that person would would fill in that spot. <laughs> is it kind of is it kind of sad thinking back because you you have witnessed. This this evolution in ag to kind of the, the old ways of passing away. Right. And, you know, a lot of times these older farmers, when they pass, their kids don't want to they don't don't. fool with it. And you've, you've witnessed that firsthand, I'm sure. Yeah. W- with your customers. Right. That you were used to coming in and seeing. And what's that been like? Is that... Is it sad? It is. It, I mean, it's, it's sad to me because it's kind of like the end of an era. Yeah. You know, you you have these these older folks, and certain certain things that these older folks have done all their lives. It's going to be like a lost art. Yes. You know, after after a certain generation, mm-hmm. you know, after after we're not here anymore, there's not big kids that knows all that knowledge when they pass. It goes with them. And yeah. I mean, you can you can ask them while they're here and try to try to visualize. That yes. Yep. But it's. Once they're gone, it's gone. Yeah. There's no getting it back. And I think that's that was probably a large part of why the caps were so so successful. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we released them or re-released them, I guess, September of 2020. Mm-hmm. And the day that we released them to sell, crashed the website. I mean, we we didn't. I had no idea that I was going to need 500 of these caps to start with, mm-hmm. in order to get everybody what they wanted. Well, you do you because this this has also been something that's interesting that I'm sure has been very helpful to the business. The social media part of it. Oh yeah. Because you can you can spread the word. You can take a, oh, a yeah. pretty picture of these hats, put them out there. And that's how word gets passed on. And there's usually an influx whenever we do a post with the caps. Yeah. Uh, the metal signs and license plates. Yeah. You know that we've, and we've already sold I think about three hundred of those license plates. The the new one. Since November. No kidding. Yep. Which I mean, a hundred of those was sold like the first day. Right. And and along besides the the license plate, we also have those big metal signs. Yes. There's that, a. Uh, Let's say a 12 by 18, and then there's an 18 by 24. Mm-hmm. The 12 by 18 is kind of has a kind of like a patina look, mm-hmm. and it it kind of looks like Old an antique, and right? Yeah, right. And I mean that one's that one's pretty nice. It's been a a big one. Oh yeah. Um, the other one, the 18 by 24, is more of a corrugated, but it's it's a crisp mm-hmm. looking sign. A, a really cool sign to hang in your shop yes. or your barn. Uh, especially you man know, cave. Y- your man cave, yes, your man. <laughs> no, cave. I did have one lady that said that she was gonna have one, you know, in her living room, mm-hmm. and I think that was the smaller, the smaller one that was kind of antiquish looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one lady sent me a picture of hers that she had put in a tobacco basket. It was hanging over the mantel. You know, that it was makes, just well, and that I'm sure for you that is it's special because that's where you really see the fruits of your labor. Yes, and having a hand in this, creating this stuff, and offering it to the public. When you see them purchase it and and decorate their homes with it in a nostalgic kind of way, I'm sure that's special for you to see. It is. Like it makes it like is. wow, this this was worth it, dude. Right. You know, I like I like for people to enjoy you know the things oh, things sure. that we. They buy from us. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, to, to see it actually in their life every day to where mm-hmm. they look at it every day, that's even better. Well, and, and the fact that it has 
the co-op stamp on it. You know what I mean? You can go and buy you can go and buy feed or, you know, herbicide, whatever, seed, garden seed, whatever, at right. other locations. But that particular product, whether it be the hats, the license plates, the, the signs, you can't get that anywhere else. You're right. It's, it's, uh, we've monopolized it, I guess you yeah. could say. <laughs> now, Christy, do we know when Cheatham County joined the fold? With, with Robertson and the co-op. It was sometime in the early 70s okay. is when they merged, and Robertson County Farmers mm-hmm. Co-op became Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered that. I didn't know if that happened at inception of it, like they joined forces, or that was later. It sounds like it, it was, was later on. It was later on, and I know that it was after 1960. Okay. You know, whenever we moved into the other place, because over there there was a sign on the seed house that said Robertson Farmers Co-op. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously, you know, before Cheatham joined into the mix. I wonder where that sign is now. I have no idea, but I would love to have it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. It'd be fascinating to see that. You know, and so we've got some old albums around here, uh, and of course, like we've got this display case out here, right, uh, with all these historic pictures yeah. and tools and i just i love that I'm, I'm thankful that that randy and everybody chose to do that because i history is i am too you like history i do well i i like local history you have an appreciation for yes it. and and I, I do as well and you know it's just it's good to re- reflect back because all the people that came before us that made all this happen you know it's good to honor them yes and, and think about you know all the work that they put in before we got here so, over your 23-year career, what are some of the, the biggest changes that, that you've seen as far as, I mean, it could be products, it could be the customer base, it could be how we do work here now. Uh, what are some of the biggest changes that, that you've noticed compared to your first day on the job? A lot of the big, big changes, you know, goes back to the technology thing. Mm-hmm. You know, back... You think about 1999, you know, AOL was still a big thing then. <laughs> I mean. I hadn't thought about AOL in a long time. Yeah. You know, that was that was a big thing. It's come a long way. You know, your, your internet services have come a long yeah. way. Searching has come a long way. Um, it's a little bit more difficult these days to find labor. Yes. You know, good labor that... Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, there was people, people wanted to work, mm-hmm. and now they've, there's so many options. Yeah. You know, Springfield is, Robertson County yeah. has grown, so there's more what career options, sure. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And agriculture, as far as that goes, it's more precision ag now, so it's not necessarily less labor intensive but it's a little bit more they're getting more yields mm-hmm. from the crops there's a whole lot more options now than it used to be whenever you're talking about just about anything mm-hmm. it's it's gone from more mechanical to just computerized in, in yes. so many ways that is very convenient and efficient uh on on one hand uh but also it's it's complicates things right you know we have to educate ourselves about this stuff and how to use it and how to inform the customers about it and i think about this social media like i don't even i don't know when facebook came out but you think about the pages that we have to get information out there that's a relatively new thing i would think in the past five or six years seven years maybe hadn't been that long no since we had this capability right but have you seen has that paid dividends, you think? The, as far as getting the word out there about which the hats and I would say I would say yeah. You know, it's the caps caps and license plates and the local type stuff, that's more of a a drawing card, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know. People will come in for for caps and, and see something else that well, I didn't know you carried that type stuff or mm-hmm. You know, and they they pick up something else, yep. which I mean, we always like that. But sure, sure, and it, I guess it just adds to the 
It can potentially add to the the customer relationship, right? You know, and you know, with the website, we have we have a few items for sale on the website, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's a bulldog stretcher on there, which I think that you've probably done a a video on. I did a video on it? I was somebody. I saw somebody the other day that said they saw that video and bought one, and I thought that was. Uh, that, that made me feel good. I said, right, "All right, it's worth right. it." Then. But we've we've sold those all over. I think he'll he'll probably sell about ten of them a month mm-hmm. at least. You know, just on the website. And again, that's and ships it out to Texas or Colorado or just wherever. That's something that we only offer that yes. within the co-op system. Right. Uh, you can't go get that at Tractor Supplier or anywhere right. else. Okay. Because they actually make that over in Laverne. Yes. Yep. Yes. I used mine yesterday, Christy, as a matter of fact, <laughs> and it, it's so simplistic, yet so efficient. Whoever, why didn't I come up? Why didn't we come up with that? Well, it was already invented by the time we come along. Is though. that right? Well, that, the bulldog was not. Okay. But there was something like it, and I can't remember. It was just called a single wire stretcher. But we have one that's a wooden handle, and the actual, the whole process of it works the same. It's just different. It's wooden handled. It's got this clamp-like deal that's jaws. You put your wire in there, and then mm. the tighter you pull, the tighter the wire gets in there. And, I mean, it works on the same principles. Same principle. It's just the, the ingredients that went into construction right. are different. So it was Jeff Ayers. He's the one that bought one, I believe. And he said he used to have one that belonged to his granddaddy. I think what you're talking about yeah. with the wooden handle. Mm-hmm. And fascinating stuff, you know. Um so, Christy, when you, when you think about the next 75 years, and Lord willing, you and I will be here to see it. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to live to see 75 more, Clint. <laughs> 75 more. Yeah, that put me in. No, nah, I won't live that long either. That put me yeah. over 100. <laughs> 70, you know, from the time going forward, if we don't hit 75, what do you think as far as um, changes – or cha- and this is more of a prediction kind of thing, right? You know, you, obviously we don't know for sure, but you you add you tack on seventy five more years, uh, Lord willing, the co op, Lord willing, the country will still be here, right? Uh, uh, but but farming, ag, co op will, will will still be here. What do you think the challenges will be coming up? Well, I think moving forward with technology is going to be a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. not necessarily the actual growing with technology, but younger generations tend to not deal with people face-to-face. So they're going to do a whole lot more of the online shopping type stuff. Um, They're going to be less interested in customer service. Like, that's a big thing for me. If there's crappy customer service and cheaper products, I'm probably not going to go there to shop. Mm -hmm. Where... They don't. It don't bother them as much as it would me. And I'm talking about somebody that's twenty ish, mm-hmm. um, or younger, even. Well, that that is been proven true because, uh, and I don't know what I'm a, I, I'm a millennial, I guess. But then the next one underneath the millennials, Gen, Gen Z, Gen, I don't know what yeah. you call them. But I, I've 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 read about surveys being done where. They want an app, you know, to, to get right. whatever product, whether it be a, a tangible product you can hold or, you know, I- insurance, whatever. Right. An app. Yep. Where, you know, used to. Like farm and Bureau. they want it right now. Yes. Yes. In- instantaneous. Where I think about <laughs> like, you know, the Farm Bureau, for example, uh, the, the, the agent customer relationship, that's that's a massive thing. Uh, but, but, you know, other companies have gone to like an app. On your phone, where you get all your business done, right? And the the um, the value of that customer business relation and trust more than anything, yes. it seems like it's it's fading away, which yes. is it's bizarre because I want to talk to somebody, right? You know, I want to come up here and talk to you and ask you and gain wisdom from you, and I don't want to have to rely on myself, right? Because I don't trust myself, I'll screw it up. <laughs> If you tell me it gets screwed up, at least I can pawn it off on you. Right, right. But no, I, I like having that 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 relationship with who I do business with. So, 
Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think that's going to be a challenge. I think, you know, up. people people are not so much into the value of items as much as they are. It's, we're living in a disposable world now. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to, we would sell items. We would sell quality items. We still do. But we would sell quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And we would have parts to fix whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays you find people that want something cheaper so that they can just toss it whenever they get done with it yeah. or whenever it quits work, working. Yeah. You know, and some of the older generation are still the fix it crew, you mm-hmm. know, to where they want to come back and find parts to fix it. And it's harder and harder to do that. Mm-hmm. Companies like to sell kits yep. now <coughs> instead of individual parts to yep. rebuild something. Yes. And I think a lot of that fix-it generation, which I was kind of on on the tail end of maybe that generation, mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty sad. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it's sad. We, and also, it, I want to say a part of it is intentional because with this equipment we have nowadays, you can't wait. You're talking about giant computers. Right. Be cars, or tractors, and... It's, it, you can't work on it. Right. You have to get somebody from, you know, the dealership or a mechanic to, to fix it. So that takes away the incentive. Like, well, I can't, I can't work on it. Right. I, mean, I can change the oil, maybe change the oil, <laughs> maybe, but any other kind But you of, know, vehicles have been like that for quite some time. Yes. You know, yeah. after all, all of these options, you know, computerized options and, you know, back in whenever I started driving. My first vehicle was an 81 F100. Mm-hmm. I mean, it ran off of vacuum lines and a carburetor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know. Yep. And you could you could pop the hood and you could work on it. Yep. I mean, you could change the plugs and, and wires and everything. And everything if something right didn't there. if something didn't start, it was probably like I don't know, maybe the solenoid mm-hmm. or something simple because you didn't have a hood full of cords or yep. wires yeah. not cords you but. could use process of elimination to figure yeah. out what the source was or a vacuum line yes <laughs> pretty simple cheap fix yeah but nowadays and your truck out there you can pop the hood on it and it's a lot of plastic and cowling and wires it is. And you think i can't i don't know how to fool with this yeah. thing so that yeah that's kind of taken that away and made us more dependent i guess on on other people right um so yeah, it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre transition that we're in. That's the world and, we're living in. You know, you give it, say tw- hopefully we're here in twenty five years at least. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of. I'll be of... ready to retire by then, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I might might be like Lanny and just just hang know, around. Just hang around. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, has it gone by fast for you? It has. You know, and there's there's. Some days that I'm like, why in the world did I stay here this long? And then there's most days where I'm like, you know, thankful, really thankful that I have been here for as long as I have because it's amazing the knowledge, everything that you've learned. Mm. And you learn it a little bit at a time and you don't realize how mm. much you know. But you never know everything. No. It's a it's a learning a continual learning sure. process. Well, the knowledge you accumulate over twenty three years. Yep. Like you said, you don't you don't realize it, but every day you're you're taking in something, right? Filing it away, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you realize one day, like I've 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 picked up on quite a bit. Yeah. Since and, I've been here. You know, whenever you look back and see, think start thinking about even the things that you've forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, things that that used to be a thing. That you don't even have to worry about anymore because it's not a thing anymore. Right, right. And that's, and, you know, that's what we talk about, the transition from, from technology, like those pegs from New Jersey you're talking about. Right. You know, you, you used to be educated in that, but now it's something like you don't, sadly, you don't need it anymore. Well, every now and then I still do a search because I, I you know, I think that we could probably still sell them if mm-hmm. we could find something similar to those. Mm-hmm. They would probably be $100 by now. Yeah. But... You know, we could probably still sell a few. Well, I think <clears throat> for a business to, to continue to have success, it has to evolve yes. with the time. Unfortunately, I don't like change. Christy. I don't like change either, but 
but it's I'm it's necessary. We getting better at it, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, it's either what do they say? Either change or get left behind. You got I, it. That, there's there's a lot of truth in that, but um, I I agree with you what you're saying. You know, coming up next fifteen twenty years, the the customer business relationship that's going to be an interesting one to to try to navigate. Yeah, you know, but I just I hope you know our. Old timers, our old regulars. I hope they live for another hundred years. Now that so, would be nice. When, when Freddie Edwards comes comes in here, I just think it's fantastic to, yeah, to see him. You know what I mean? A wealth of knowledge for Yo, sure. Oh my goodness! He can oh goodness. he can tell you a lot. <laughs> you know, I think about that generation of uh, <clears throat> men that you know they wear the hats like this. Yep. Where it just barely sits on top of their head. Right. That's what I miss. You know, and when Freddie comes in, that's what I see. I'm thinking, ah, this is this is great. That's what this I always. I always called the old caps, our old tobacco leaf caps, mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd caps, <laughs> because they had that, that short bill, yep. and it seemed like the the top of it was two times as long as the bill was. Yep. Looked like a top it, hat on yeah, top was, of their head. Yeah, it was tall, and you know, most of them say it's just sat it barely on the top of their head. Yeah. When you see somebody like, like that, I'm thinking, oh, that's my kind of dude right yep. there, you know? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those so. those older fella, fellas is what built this community oh, oh, this absolutely. building and that's why it's cool again we go back to like the display we have out there you can look at those old timey folks and i don't know who a lot of those men are but yeah. there's one i think they're sitting around a table and after the store on uh on 41 it just opened yep it's a black and white picture right and i think we did try to get names for a lot of those mm-hmm. fellas you know and people from people that would have known um, I think the picture that you're talking about, I think one of them is Fred Fisher, which he was one of the general managers mm-hmm. here. And we actually found some notes, you know, from him to where they were talking about, I think, May 17th of 50, 1950, maybe. Hand Handwritten yep. notes. I think he... Um, he, along with others, went out to sell stock for the co-op, and then I think I forget, you know, how much they sold. Mm-hmm. And then the Farm Bureau added in like five thousand more dollars, bought five thousand more dollars stock in the co-op, just so they would have operating money, you know, to to That's go. So and cool. that would have been that would have been about the same time, you know, that they moved in that the Springfield warehousing mm-hmm. building that's up there uptown where we were talking about it, to tangibly see those notes and what they were thinking back right then right for all this to happen it's it's yep. just really neat and there stuff. were there was times like I think 1966 I think their sales was pretty close to a million dollars mm. and you think about think about a million dollars now a million dollars is a lot of money now yeah can you imagine though. how much it would have been in '66? No, no, that's interesting to think about. But, well, obviously, their their client base, right? Everybody yeah. farmed, right? Uh, there's a website, Christy. You might even you probably find it interesting. I think it's called like aerial aerial photo historic aerial photos dot com or something. But you can go uh, anywhere in the country. It's got a time lapse. Uh-huh. Uh Going back to it depends on where you're at, but like Robertson County, um, I think like 1955, mm-hmm. and of course they're black and white photos, and they weren't taken with satellite; they were taken with airplanes. Right. And I, I've got on there and looked at parts of Springfield before in 1950, like going down Tom Austin Highway. Yeah. And it's it's unbelievable what it looked like back then compared to now. Yep. Um, you thought it was just farmland. Well, I mean, for me to tell you, I'm I'll be forty three in April. And you're talking about Tom Austin Highway. I grew up right off of it. You know, kinda out there pretty close to Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. So I remember when the highway that everybody uses now, which is a four lane, was gravel. Hmm. And everybody used what I refer to as the old highway, even though it, it's been the old highway for 20, probably 30 years. You know, whenever they whenever they actually finished Tom Austin Highway that everybody knows and uses now, it was, it was a two-lane road mm-hmm. from Springfield to Jolton. Mm-hmm. 
wild to think about. It, I mean, it is. It is to me. I drove rode my bicycle on dirt. Yep. That was in between, you know, Douglas and where I live. And if you passed a car, you probably knew who they were. I'm sure. Oh know? yeah. I mean, it was. I was 13 or 14 years old before we even started locking our doors. Yep. Right beside a main highway. How can we petition to to tear up all these four lanes and add gravel again? Make, make it old timey. <laughs> should we run for some kind of I would say, to bring back the old ways? I would say that there would be a lot of people arguing with that. <laughs> no, it me and you, we're in the minority. Like all these, all these strange. I, I would. I, I've heard stories about, you know, like seventy six, for example, when it when it was gravel, they used to go down to to the creek down there and, and bring up gravel. Uh, with with mules and a wagon and uh-huh. spread it out on the highway, and it's just you know, majority of people don't realize that. But when you think about the manual labor that went in that time period back then, right? It's it's I think it's humbling to think about. It is, you know what I mean, and just have an appreciation for the the labor that those men did. It is. Where nowadays it's uh you know we're we're fortunate we're very fortunate with the technology and equipment we have, but um. You know, men were just men back then. They were. You know? They had to be stout. Oh, my goodness. It's tough. Very tough. So, I like to, me and you, we like to reflect back right. on that kind of thing, you know? And again, you can apply that to, to, to the co-op here. Uh, back then, men had to, they didn't have these phones and computers and technology. Well, I mean, you think, you know, we, we kind of touched on, back in the earlier times of the co-op, you had to have access to a railroad because that was what the primary <clears throat> transportation was then mm-hmm. well even whenever they moved out to 4000 memorial boulevard you know the railroad track was right there behind it so in the back of that warehouse there were big roll-up doors mm-hmm. you know where they had access to the rail railroad right there on the back of the of the warehouse mm-hmm. and they would get in 100-pound bags of seed and fertilizer. And, <laughs> I mean, everything, I guess, would come in probably 100-pound bags. And there was, in my time of working here, there's been, let's say, I think the last big bag of anything was not actually a big bag. It was just an 80-pound bag of sacrete. Mm-hmm. And that was the heaviest of anything that we sold in the bag that, that we'd had since I was here. I think we had 75-pound bags of, of like, wheat shorts or something like that whenever I started working here. And, you know, we would get bushel bags of wheat or soybeans or whatnot. So those were about 60-pound bags, but that was pretty much it. When you think about the – I remember <clears throat> the 80-pound Quick Creek bag. Uh-huh. Imagine tacking another 20 pounds onto that. And I know I've, Lanny's told me before, they maybe I'm thinking Saturdays or something back then, a lot of times they would unload that rail car by hand. Yeah. They didn't have a that's what they. That's what they had to do. They had to unload it by hand. And, of course, they didn't know any better back then. No, but I mean. I took a tour. Have you taken a tour of the feed mill in Laverne? I've not. But, I've. I mean, I've been in feed mills. They added this automation, these robots with uh-huh. these arms that stack the pallets. It's it's incredible to watch. But the little little arm and a hand will reach down, grab that bag, and strategically place that thing on a pallet. And then you know they've got machines that shrink wrap it. Right. And it's it's incredible <clears> the thing like we've we've invented this technology to make our lives easier. But that also comes with a cost. Right. You know what I mean? I mean I. I love using a wood splitter to split my wood instead of doing it by hand. <laughs> and you get spoilt over time. Right, you know? but right. When you think about those men that used to unload those rail cars back there with 100-pound bags, there's an admiration for that. Think about how much healthier they were. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, they were, they were more physically fit. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, all the stuff that they ate, they, they burn off, you know, working. Yes, yes. And, and again, they don't. I'm sure they're thinking, "Dead gum, I can't wait for this to be over." But they didn't, they didn't know. <laughs> they any didn't better. know any better. No, no, and it's just, I think it's fun to reflect back on. I think you and I, we've, we've, this has been fun for me, right? You know, us, right. us reminiscing about this kind of thing and thinking about it, and um, you know, big picture, just celebrating 75 years, because that's you know, co-ops made it 75 years, and you know, the the men that came before us that made this happen. Uh, Kudos, all respect to them and to to the staff here. 
because without the current staff, it all goes away. Right. And seventy five years. We still we still got a few more tricks up our sleeves on some anniversary items. So oh, people people will just have to stay tuned for okay. that. But okay. we're we intend on you know releasing a few things throughout this year. You know for our anniversary. So upcoming, just be aware. They'll just of that. have to keep up with the Facebook. Okay, keep up with the <laughs> Facebook well, and Instagram. That's exciting to know. I thought the the license plates and the in the the signs were just it, but no, we got more coming up. Oh yeah, there's more coming. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting to to think about. Christy, it's been fun. Yes, it has, Clint. I've enjoyed talking about. Well, you know, you are a. Uh, I think you're a natural at this. You were just cool and calm and collective <laughs> over the course. You the second time you knew what to expect, but. You've been you've done a great job explaining all this and all this this his history that I didn't know. You know you've done a fantastic job at it. Well, thank and, you. Uh, kudos to everything that you do here. Just like I said, you are you're the resource here. If uh, if if I need something and it's questionable, I'm thinking Christy's gonna get it for me. She's gonna find <laughs> a way. That's why I compared you to. I like the, I like you having that faith in me, Clint. Oh yeah. Well, again, I think you know the, the people in prison can just you know, where are they, where are they getting this stuff from? And I'm thinking that that's Christy. She can she's always got something up her sleeve. <laughs> the prison she, supplier. <laughs> <laughs> she's got ways she can get stuff in here. So uh, yeah, no, thank you for everything that you do. The hats, the and I'm sure there's been other people help you here too. But oh yeah, you know, um, you being a major architect in it. Um, it, you've done a great job. Well, thank you. Yes, yes. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up unless you've got anything you want to add. Oh, I don't think so. All right. Well, uh, again, congratulations, 75 years to, to co-op and, you know, our customers out there. Thank you all. If it's, we talk about the people here at Make It Work, and that's very true, but without the customers, that it certainly right. doesn't happen either. So big thank you for, for all the customers out there that stay loyal to us, and uh, we appreciate you all listening to this episode and be sure to tune in next week for another grazing episode. Bye-bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the grazing podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and come pay us a visit at Robertson Cheatham Farmers Co-op.